Welcome to Geeksploration, the podcast where I know you are, but what am I? I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. We're talking Pee Wee Herman. So, Ben, I've got a question for you. What's that? What's today's secret word? Today's secret word is tiger shark. So you know what to do when somebody says the secret word. Scream! Well, here we are. Talking about Mr. Paul Rubensdale himself. Was it Rubensdale or Rubensfeld? Oh, is that what it was? I know it's one of the two. The thing I heard it on, because I didn't read it anywhere, um, I was I actually watched a true Hollywood story earlier. Do you remember those? Was it the E True Hollywood story? Fuck yeah, it I was. watched the same one. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was on YouTube. All right, yeah, it definitely was. I was kind of disappointed by it though. How so? Because like half of it was about the scandal, and very yeah. little of it was about him being becoming peewee yeah i think the scandal was pretty fresh in mind i think that was probably like 1994 or something that they did that it was 1998 i went and checked it out so it had been a good seven years since the scandal but the the thing that that i thought was super interesting about it and i was gonna save this for later but fuck it we're in it um was that nothing had happened with peewee since then no yeah like it ended with like peewee's dead deal yeah That was so interesting to me that that having like a what fucking 22 year perspective on there like that world back then didn't know about the the second coming of Pee Wee Herman and that that the world was going to accept him again. So, yeah, we're talking Pee Wee Herman, the creation of of Paul Rubens, the perpetual child. Yeah, definitely. Going back and rewatching some of the stuff after having uh, a nine year old child recently. Like, the way he talks is so fucking spot on for a nine-year-old kid. <laughs> Stumbling over himself and saying, okay, and um, 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 I'm just like, it's just a stuttering mess of, there's more going on in his brain that could possibly come out of his mouth. Yeah, and, and it often <laughs> comes off in the form of giggles to everything. How spot on that was after actually having one of those things. So, as is often the case, I mean, almost always the case, this was very important to me. I, I, I bet you knew that, didn't you? Yeah. No, we were we were definitely Pee Wee generation. Like, yeah, you know, Playhouse was what eighty six to ninety one. Yes. And uh, damn, like that was we were prime fucking kids show watching age at that point. Yeah, we grew up with the character. I mean, let's see, like Pee Wee's Big Adventure in eighty four. Like that to this day is in my top three favorite movies of all time. Oh, it's a great fucking movie. It means that much to me. And it breaks my heart that Angelina just, I mean, she's, she's played along, you know, she knows what it means to me. But when we started doing uh, research for this show where, you know, we're just going back and watching Pee Wee, she just sort of laid it out for me that, that she's like, I'm I'm really not into it. Like, I really don't like Pee Wee. So I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm, I'm, I'm flying solo on this one. Yeah, I don't know how much experience Annie had with Pee Wee. Like, I noticed, like, when we watched Big Adventure, Odin loved it. Haley, like, laughed her ass off 
like more than I've heard her laugh in a long time. And then walked out after 20 minutes saying, I'm done. Like, this is stupid. I'm, 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 I'm leaving. Like, but you were just laughing five minutes ago. Why are you leaving? Fucking kids. You can only handle things in 20 minute installments. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what it was. She was like, I was laughing because it was stupid. And I was like, it's not going to stop being stupid or funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two go hand in hand. Yeah. She left like, uh, you know, before he even left on the thing, like when he's in the basement with the town and he's going crazy. Oh, geez. Like giving his, his presentation for yeah. over three hours. Yep. And, uh, Annie sat and watched the whole thing and laughed a bunch and, uh, still didn't come away feeling impressed, but she, I've heard her laugh a bunch of times. So like, I don't know if people think they're too good for Pee Wee or what. Yeah. Uh, what, ugh, what's, what's wrong with people? Like, is, I mean, I guess we don't have the perspective from the outside where I wonder if Pee Wee really is just a character that if you didn't grow up with him and didn't love him as a child was just, or is just insufferable now. Maybe, but I mean, he, no one grew up with him when he became a fucking national sensation. That's true. Like, he, I mean, he, he became a sensation, you know, by the hands of adults. Like he did not start as a kid's show. I mean, it kind of did, but it was like a fake kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. Like going back to his childhood where he had like an unhealthy obsession with television, it, like even to the point of like seeing a psychologist about it. And, and, you know, so like he had the, the kids show mentality in his head already as he grew up and got into acting and, and ended up at the groundlings in LA. Yeah. You know, he was there with Phil fricking Hartman. Yeah. Fucking awesome. And, uh, John Paragon as well and a bunch of other people, but, uh, Phil Hartman is someone who I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I don't know who yeah. any of these other people are. They didn't make well, it. And you know, I, I consider myself fairly well-versed with, with random celebrities and names and shit, but all those people they had interviewing on the E uh, show was just, I, I didn't know who a single one of them was. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Me neither. But, uh, apparently they were there. So yeah. And apparently they were instrumental in, in creating the, uh, the initial show and character. So like, I'm not sure if the groundlings is something that, that is permeated pop culture, but that is a, a, uh, what, what would you call it? An improv troupe? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like second city, except in LA and not nearly as prolific with pumping out stars for SNL. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So they, they'd go in there, a bunch of comedic actors and improvisers and sort of create their own characters and their own skits and play them out and i and paul rubens came in with uh with this character peewee yeah i think he i think he'd kind of created the character in college in a, like an improv group he was in in college and brought it in and they're like oh this is good and they did some bits and stuff with it and then uh decided to do like a uh a bigger show i guess like like put together a show like a stage show that they could do over and over again and uh and it was fairly popular. Yeah. So it was what would you call it like a proto Pee Wee's Playhouse? Yeah, it was called the Pee Wee Herman Show. And it was yeah, it was definitely like Pee Wee's Playhouse. It was it was framed like a kid's show, like where he'd yes. talk to the audience as boys and girls. And but it was definitely for adults. Yeah. You were telling me about that because unfortunately, I didn't have the chance to go back and watch uh, some of the the old stuff um, like pre movies. 
But you were saying you watched because uh, a- after the Groundlings, it it went over to the Roxy in L.A. and HBO picked it up and put some, put some money into it and it aired it, it filmed it, yeah. And aired it, yeah. Back when people called uh, HBO home box office. Yeah, that was interesting hearing Paul Rubens refer to it as on home box office. And it is, uh, it's good. It's funny. Uh, it is definitely. It's it's like a kids show and it's not super inappropriate but it definitely has a lot of like sexual like double entendres and and like a drug reference and just lots of innuendo in it yeah. I guess. Like there's a there's a part where like this guy named Hammy comes over and like his sister's coming and they're like, "Oh, shoe mirrors." And they put mirrors on their shoes so they could look at her underpants. <laughs> and they're both like, you know, very obviously looking at it and she like frowns at him and goes, "I'm not wearing underpants." And they're like and all mad and stuff cuz they were going to, you know, because <laughs> they're like kids, you know, like, ha, I saw you. They just wanted to see underpants. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. And it's, uh, but it's, it's good. It's worth a watch. It's on YouTube. Oh, no shit. The, the Roxy show. Yep. Yeah. So you can Man. find it on there. It's, it's good. I should have done more research. Around that same time, he started appearing on things, um, like, like with the groundlings, like he was on the, I guess they were on the gong show, like half a dozen times, mm. not as peewee, but just doing different acts and stuff on the gong show like that was like one of their go-to places to test material out yeah and and from from all accounts they were reasonably successful yeah they didn't get gonged a lot so yeah that's that's good and we saw some clips of that and to me personally i didn't think it was that funny oh no most of it was terrible yeah i was like i would have gonged the shit out of that but i mean my perspective is a little different have you watched it's a a different world not a ton. I would not consider myself an expert. A lot of the stuff was pretty terrible, so it's kind of relative. Yeah, I guess it w- it would be it was like the uh, the proto X factor. You know, it was like you yeah. you get up there and you can get X'd and get booted. Yep. One other cool thing I that I couldn't find. I wanted to see like the whole show, but I couldn't find it anywhere. It's probably out there somewhere. Pee Wee was on the dating game. No shit. Yeah, he was contestant number three on the dating game. And, uh, I really wanted to fucking see Peewee, you know, on there answering questions and shit, but couldn't find any footage of it. The only footage I could find was of the very end when she picked who she wanted to go on a date with and she picked Peewee Herman. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> she said like anyone that talks like that has got to be very interesting or something like that. It's like, well, oh, it was probably shit. early enough to where he wasn't a household name. Mm-hmm. No. So the lady probably didn't actually like she wasn't sitting there going like oh this guy's peewee i'm just gonna play the game and then i get to go on a date with peewee because he's peewee and he's huge because he wasn't back then that was paul rubin's first paid tv appearance and so i think uh, by extension it was the first televised appearance of peewee herman the first professional peewee yep well yeah and it was uh it was around that time when when it started to get popular that his management team decided to sort of implement a like you're not paul rubens anymore you are peewee like if you're out in public it's peewee herman if you're going on a on a talk show it's as peewee herman it's not paul rubens performing as peewee yeah he kind of did the spinal tap thing where yeah where like every every time he was on somewhere he was in character any public event at all he was in character hell even in 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 peewee's big adventure in the credits it says peewee herman as himself yeah which is which is nuts for a guy like that was apparently really into being famous. Um, no one knew his name. Yeah, yeah, like, that's crazy. But I guess it gave him some anonymity too, like where he could walk down the street in normal clothes, acting like a normal human, and uh, maybe not get recognized. 
Yeah. Yeah, because his voice, if you've seen him in anything where he's not Pee Wee and he's Paul Rubens or in an interview, he is a normal man with a normal voice. Yeah, it's weird as fuck. Yeah. Like not having that giggle and not ever having like the ha ha and not bouncing around all weird like a like a hyperactive child. Yeah. Yeah. Just sitting there casually. I remember the first I think the first thing that I saw him in that wasn't Pee Wee where I was like, holy shit, is that Pee Wee Herman? Was uh, when he had like that semi reoccurring role on Murphy Brown. See, I saw that he had done Murphy Brown, but I don't I don't remember that at all. I remember watching Murphy Brown as a kid and liking the show, but I don't remember recognizing Paul Rubens or Pee Wee on that show. I think the first thing I saw him non Pee Wee was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Wow, you re- you recognized him there, but not in Murphy Brown because he looked I, he looked weird. You know, like, I mean, he looked different. He had a goatee and a fucking long hair and shit. I think I knew it was him. Like, like I, I had gone in knowing that he was in that movie. So, so like I saw it and I was like, oh shit, like this is weird. So of course, after he, uh, after he started gaining popularity for his, uh, his stage show and his, uh, his talk show appearances, cause you said you saw a bunch of, uh, a bunch of talk show appearances, right? I only saw one Letterman appearance. Yeah. There's a video on YouTube with like two and a half hours of it. I did not watch them all. That's a long time. But that uh, is a lot of talk show appearances. But, yeah. But he was on like, so this was before the HBO thing. Like he, I guess he had started working on the script for big adventure. They were doing the live show and I guess he, he went to, to apply for Saturday night live or to audition for a Saturday night live and didn't get it and came back and was like, fuck it. We're just going to do our own show. Let's make it happen. And uh, then they started like, they started the show there and they went to the Roxy. They started like touring it a little bit. HBO picked up on it. And uh, then he had the script for Big Adventure, but uh, actually, when he went on Letterman the first time, I don't think he even had the deal with HBO yet. So he was just trying to get his name out there. Uh-huh. And uh, it's funny, because Letterman's such a, a good straight man. Um, yes. Because if you watch him, like, you, like, he looks genuinely irritated and like, like, like why is this guy on my show? And, mm-hmm. and like, he's totally playing it straight. But Pee Wee was on like every three to six months for like four or five years and so uh apparently he liked it <laughs> he must have been a big fan <laughs> yeah because especially in the beginning it's not like like Wee had a name he didn't have any clout to to throw around to get him on there and he didn't have projects that were so huge that it demanded that that no. the uh the talk show hosts go out and get him no no he did not he just i guess he had a good agent and uh apparently letterman liked him yeah. Yeah. I mean, he definitely had a unique shtick. Even the the people in the that they interviewed in the Groundlings were just talking about how like there was nothing like this character that existed. And I totally believe that. Like they're yeah. they're where the fuck do you come up with with Pee Wee Herman? Like that that is wild. Especially once you see Big Adventure and you're like, holy shit, this guy. Yeah. Cause in the Letterman stuff, like you get little peaks and stuff, you could see him kind of trying out different material and like things popping up. It was actually really cool to watch. Like I would have watched it for longer if I had more time because it was interesting seeing him kind of come up and, and develop as he's being peewee. Yeah. You could see that he was workshopping and it was interesting. Like you could still see his mental process. Like he had more of a stutter back then and you could see him thinking. And when like, I remember, I can't remember what the prop was, but he had like a bag of props and he saw that one wasn't working 
with David Letterman. And, and you could see like, you could see the wheels turn and see like, it was almost like he said like, Oh fuck. Like, Oh no, I fucked this one up. Got to move to something else. It's funny. Like you, you could see the process going on in his head. Yeah. And he'd get all, he'd get like pouty peewee and, and be like, Oh, grow up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess eventually his popularity grew. They, they took his uh, show on the road. They did a little grassroots uh, touring uh, bunch of shows th- throughout the country and he got hot. Yeah, no, he took off like he he got some clout and some some hype under him. And uh, I, I guess uh, I think it was I can't remember if it was Universal or Paramount, you know, passed on on Big Adventure said, no. yeah, Paramount. And then um, Warner Brothers said, uh, sure, let's do this. I, they signed him a director and I couldn't figure out who it was. I, I didn't read who it was, but he didn't like him. He said, no. And then yeah. I guess um, Lisa Henson, Jim Henson's daughter. Said, oh shit! Said, hey man, you should go check out this fucking student film, Frankenweenie. This guy's pretty good. I think he, I think he might work for it. And they went and watched it, and we're and we're like, yeah, this is the fucking guy. And that guy was a young Tim Burton. Yeah. So we've got we've got Tim Burton with his debut feature film is Pee Wee's Big Adventure, along with his uh, his frequent collaborator, Mister Danny Elfman, doing the score. Yeah. Um, Danny Elfman was coming out of his Oingo Boingo popularity and expanding into films, wanting to do something a little different. And I can't, I can't, uh, I didn't quite go and look it up. This may have been Danny Elfman's first, uh, like film score on his own. Like Oingo Boingo had been in movies and, and you know, they, they'd done soundtracks before. Yeah, And he'd done songs and stuff for movies. Definitely yeah. before this as well. But this score, I mean, the, it's, it's so interesting to look at the the careers of Tim Burton and Danny Elfman since then and all they've accomplished and, and all the style that they have created for themselves. Like you watch a Tim Burton picture, you know, it's a Tim Burton movie. You hear a Danny Elfman score, you know, it's a Danny Elfman score and you listen, you, you watch this movie and it is so them, but just so them on such a small scale. And I think this is where they work the best. You know, like I love me some Beetlejuice. I love Batman. I love Batman Returns. I love, you know, Big Fish. I, I haven't liked a, a lot of Tim Burton stuff in in a long time. But, you know, Edward Scissorhands, those are all brilliant. But these are so much uh, less. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? They Like it's it's not in the box of their style. You know, like it's definitely quirky Tim Burton humor, especially when you've got those uh, those claymation uh, yeah. The stop motion animation dreams, little dream segments. Yeah, the dream segments were very Tim Burton. Yeah, everything else was a little less so. Um, because I don't think he'd he probably wasn't confident enough to make everything totally crazy yet, and uh, and he hadn't solidified his style quite as much. Um, yeah, there weren't a lot of people that were super pale wearing all black. Yes, yeah. <laughs> And Danny Elfman, I mean, like the 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 main Pee Wee theme is f- fucking flawless, and so Danny Elfman, so it was, Danny Elfman. It's one of my favorite composed pieces for a movie ever. It gets you in the mood with that opening uh, credit sequence where there's like the little like kind of circus parade thing going along the bottom where where the credits are playing, and like you are you are all of a sudden just you are 
in the mood for a fun, whimsical adventure. And, and to have a title like Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Like, what the fuck are you getting into? This weirdo Pee-wee and he's going on a big adventure? You don't know what you're getting into, but you're excited for it. Yeah, and it's and it starts strong. Like it, it starts with the dream sequence, and then he wakes up, and it's got the fucking crazy ass Rube Goldberg style breakfast machine. Yeah, and and like even like the the dream, he's riding a bike in the Tour de France, and he wins. Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? I, I I remember watching that as a kid, and just like seeing these super serious cyclists, you know, just with their with their helmets and their you know they're they're all streamlined and shit, and just hauling ass. And you just see Pee-wee, and he's just just riding up on his cruiser, just passing him up and shit. In his suit. Yeah. And then there's, there's a sexy lady who puts a crown on him. There's the ticker tape parade and shit. And then he, then he wakes up. And his bedroom and his house was the stuff of dreams for me. He's just got toys everywhere. I mean, like, even when he wakes up and he, like, he pulls his covers up and it just, like, it's like one of those blinds where you yank down and, it, and the blinds go up. Like, it just yeah. rolls itself up. <laughs> and he gets out and just immediately starts, like, using, like, a toy screw gun against a T-Rex head knocking him over and playing with trains and shit. And he's got, yeah, and he's got a fire pole in his bedroom. Yeah, that does the Batman thing and and changes his clothes as he goes <laughs> yeah. down it. Like in the middle of that scene, Haley's first comment, <laughs> like I think it was right after, like right as he was going down the pole, her first comment on this movie was, "Is is he mentally okay?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, like, no, <laughs> no is the answer. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> And, and like you said, that breakfast machine, man, like there, there's similar to like the, the contraption that opens the door in Goonies. Like there's no way this thing would actually work. You'd have to spend the rest of your day resetting it back up. And, uh, the eighties just loved Rube Goldberg machines and, uh, and, and I love them for it. Yeah. Yeah. It cracks eggs. It pours out pancakes onto frying pans that flip them up to the ceiling where they stick for some, and Abraham Lincoln does that no less. <laughs> yeah. Um, dropping toast and making bacon and I'll be damned if I don't love how in the very, like once it's all done and he sits down, butters his bread with a giant knife and he pours Mr. T cereal all over it and then takes one little bite of Mr. <laughs> T cereal with a fork and he's done. <laughs> yep. And also in that, in that same scene when he's getting ready, like when he uses a giant toothbrush and then for no reason at all starts putting scotch tape all over his face and just making faces like he did that bit on the letterman show too oh yeah the the scotch tape yeah oh <laughs> it feels pretty like i saw him doing it. i was like awesome <laughs> see and and that's a good barometer for somebody's uh sense of humor like whether or not they can handle it like that opening scene you're either going to love it or you're going to hate peewee because that that is such a, a it exemplifies exactly what he is yeah, or both, because my daughter laughed her ass off through that whole scene and then fucking left. <laughs> Wait, what is what, what is the deal here, kid? I don't get it. Um, so then from there, of course, we've got the bike. Yes. I mean, that's what the whole movie's about. Yeah, that that is the, the MacGuffin. He's got this slick fucking cruiser that I want to recreate so bad. That's another one of those, like, if I won the lottery things. I would figure out the way to uh, a way to do it. It's his prized possession. He he keeps it in a in a secret garage behind a uh, a bush that he has to like use a keypad to open up. And 
Real quick, where the fuck does he get all the money for this? I just always assumed Pee Wee was independently wealthy. Like his parents died when they were young and left him a shit ton of money. So he never really had to grow up and kind of just like they probably died when he was nine. And that's why he's like, he's just mentally stunted at that age, but they left him $10 billion. So yeah, he can be, they weren't murdered and, and he didn't have an Alfred looking out for him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is what Batman could have, should have become. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I read on Wikipedia, uh, real quick that like he, he has a mom and dad and a sister and apparently his dad's name was Herman Herman. Perfect. And I can't remember the name of his mom. It was like hanny herman or something and then his sister was hermione herman so i don't know where where that became canon but it certainly wasn't in in any of the movies i've seen in one of the letterman things he was letterman was like hey so uh your parents must be real proud of you and he's like and he's like yeah they are but they don't tell very many people they're my parents (laughs) (laughs) so besides peewee we've got an entire eccentric uh cast of characters i mean there's there's the normal girl Dottie, who works at the bike shop and she's helping him build contraptions for his uh for his bike like a an incredibly loud horn apparently and she's clearly got a crush on him she wants to go to the drive-ins oh boy yeah and that's the first instance of the peewee that that i that i know and love where like he's clearly just like an asexual child and you know that that's a reversal from from the HBO show, but like, you know, there's this adorable girl, but he's clearly not interested, but it's not in a way that it's like, ew, this girl, it, it's just like, he's not interested in girls. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like he's interested in romance at all. He's a loner. He's a rebel. Oh, I fucking <laughs> love that line so much. And I love how they, they, they play it over and over again uh, throughout the movie. We've got uh, Francis Buxton. The villain of the movie. Who's like a fat peewee whose family is super rich and he is still kind of a child. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a scene after, oh yeah, it's spoiler or we'll just gloss over this. Peewee's bike gets stolen because Francis wanted to buy it from him and, and he wouldn't let him. And that's one of the greatest scenes in the entire movie. They're exchanged there. Yeah. And Angelina was not entertained at all. The, it was probably the first time we watched it together and I just, spat out every single line from both sides the entire time i i can't help myself i love that exchange so much well it does so much to build who peewee is like it builds yeah. his character he, like after the the you know him getting up getting ready and then like his first exchange with a human and uh, you're like okay cool I, I, like i i i got a pretty good grip on who this dude is yeah and this and francis is clearly the villain like with that you'll you'll be sorry peewee herman you know they're like oh fuck like yep he's the lex luther to peewee's superman um so when peewee goes to confront him in that swimming pool inside their house that's his (laughs) bathtub like i remember being a kid and just dreaming about having a bathtub so big that i could have giant warships and pretend I was a, a fucking Godzilla monster, you know, smashing them around. <laughs> no, that would be rad. Uh, it, it would be kind of a pain to fill. You'd have to, like, start filling it as soon as it was done draining every day. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, because it, it's not like you could just take baths in the same water and you couldn't chlorinate it and use that as your bathtub. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's not a very practical thing. There's a lot of things in this movie that aren't very practical. <laughs> yeah. 
And you do see at uh, at the Buxton's estate a uh, a early little nod to Edward Scissorhands with uh, with hedge animals. Oh yeah, cut yeah. into there. Oh, and one thing I don't want to I don't want to skip over, but where Pee Wee is at when his bike gets stolen, he's at that that magic shop. Or he's at the bike and, shop. What's but that? he does go to the magic shop first. But he's at the bike shop when it's stolen. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It's after yeah, he picks up the horn. Yep. I'll be right back. Um, so the magic shop, that's another little like character piece for Pee Wee, where just like he's going in there to buy like trick gum and boomerang bow ties, and like he's just playing with everything. And like I love I didn't I didn't even notice this when I was a kid, but when he puts on little x-ray glasses and like looks, looks at that at the lady. Girl. Yeah, and, and he <laughs> and he and he acts all like bashful and and like gives a thumbs up. I think so. May, maybe there was a little sexual being to uh to Pee Wee, or or it was just a joke. He's just playful. Yeah, he gets headlight glasses and shit. Like I wanted a shop like that so much as a kid that I could just hang out at. Well, I love how everyone receives Pee Wee in the movie too. Like the all the other people, like no one's like, who the fuck is this guy? They're always like, hey, Pee Wee. Yeah, no, they're all happy to see him. And like no one, you know, he is he makes friends everywhere he goes. Yeah, he's harmless. Yeah, like literally everywhere. He goes to like a nasty biker bar and pisses people off and then breaks all their bikes, knocks them all. over. No shit. And then uh, one dance later, they're friends. Yeah. <laughs> all because he smashed some bottles. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like, of a <laughs> sudden they, they accepted him because he's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to break this shit. And dance a really weird dance to the song Tequila. Yeah. Like, that's such a bizarre thing. I mean, I grew up with this movie, so I never questioned it. But then all of a sudden, I I remember watching it once in my adult years and just being like, this is a really fucking strange thing that this guy is doing. Like, like, if I was sitting in there and I was one of those bikers, like, I would be so confused. (laughs) Well, and he also, like, he's got uh, the... The, the the dance that he does there, like if you look like some of the gong show ones, like there's one where he's dressed up like an Indian dancing on his toes. Like he likes the toe dancing thing. And he did. Oh, interesting. On Letterman, he did a big shoe dance where he wore big giant platform shoes and danced around in them. Oh, see, I didn't know all the all of his uh, his bits that he incorporated into this movie. Yeah, no, that's why I, I didn't before I watched the Letterman thing. too. That's why it was kind of fun to watch. And you like see all this stuff building. It was really cool. And we, so we've got uh, we've got characters like the ex-con Mickey, who is also a loner and a rebel. He's on the run from the cops for cut tag off the mattress that says do not remove. <laughs> that's that's another thing I didn't get when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I was just like, oh, that's funny that they're playing him off as a criminal for cutting one of those things. And as a kid, I even thought of that. I was just like, oh, shit, like you can't touch those tags. Like you'll get thrown in prison. <laughs> and it wasn't until years later when I when I really saw the the whole like one night i took a knife and i and like he sees that peewee's scared so he just makes up this story about cutting a mattress tag off <laughs> and and like peewee is is genuinely scared by that oh yeah he's he's very simple yeah he's he's never dealt with a hardened criminal before yeah and when he fucks things up he gets abandoned by mickey and then here she comes right you know who Oh yeah, Large Marge. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, I had to go through the movie in my head real quick. I was like, wait, oh yeah, that's that's Large Marge, the worst accident I ever seen. Yep, that scene scared me so bad as a kid. Like, <laughs> I have a vivid memory 
of uh, the house that we lived in and my cousins were in town and like having to cover my eyes because I knew it was coming, you know, but like that, that stop motion animation, like claymation face that bugs out. Like it terrified me for years as a kid. You have large Marge nightmares. Probably. I mean, if the scene was longer and did more, I probably, probably would have, but I mean, it's, it's a relatively short scene and that's, what's so cool about this, uh, this big adventure he goes on is that it's, it's a series of vignettes and interactions with interesting people. The, the overall narrative is he's traveling to, uh, the Alamo because he went to a gypsy to try to find, find out where his bike was. And she just said in the basement of the Alamo, <laughs> cause she's just like looking around her, pulling things out of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. out of what she sees. Al and Moe's uh, auto body shop or something. Yeah. Bargain basement prices at the furniture store or something like yeah. that. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, he's, he's just on, he's on a quest essentially. And he's just meeting people as he goes. Like, is there anything this could be equated to? Like, is this like one of those things like the Odyssey or something where, <laughs> where it's, it's one man's journey and he's just encountering all these, uh, all these Kind of, I think it's maybe a bit of a stretch to compare it to the Odyssey, but um, no, I mean maybe not. You know, it is, it is, yeah, it is just that. Maybe it's, it's the the people he meets along the way. You know, there's sirens and cyclopses, but they're just uh, the cyclops is a big, angry, uh, jilted lover with a bone. Yeah, yeah, because man, <laughs> Andy does not like that Pee Wee's sniffing around Simone, and I love when they go up into that dinosaur and. You know, he wants to, they, they're, they're, they're going to talk about their dreams. And this is one of my favorite lines growing up. And even my mom laughed this like crazy when I was a kid, when, when, you know, she's about to make an excuse, uh, as to why she hasn't gone to Paris and, and she's like, but and he's all, but what? Everyone's got a big, <laughs> big butt. butt. Come on, Simone. Dude, talk let's talk about, about your, your big, big butt. butt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's what sets Andy off. Yeah, he's listening from the outside and there's, you know, some sexual innuendo. So he thinks they're up there boinking. Yeah. And I mean, nothing could be further from the truth with Pee Wee. Like that, that's, that is not his game at all. I like his, his dream from that too. And just like, like, what are your dreams? Like, well, I'm alone rolling a donut and a snake in a vest. (laughs) She's like, no, 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 not that kind of dream. Uh, Oh, I totally forgot about that line. (laughs) Holy shit. Like these things just slip by you after all these years. It was cool too. Uh, when I was, uh, when me and Bo went to Mexico, like randomly one year for Christmas, mm-hmm. we came back through like Calexico and up through like Palm Springs and shit. My dad told me to go that way because uh, I think he was mad that I left without telling him. It's like I called him. He's like, oh, you should go this way. It's real scenic. It was not scenic. It was fucking miserable. You're driving <laughs> through all these little fucking tiny desert towns with a million stoplights and a ton of old people going way under the speed limit. Um, it was shitty. <laughs> Except for the fact that on... uh on the way back to um, kind of into back back into civilization before you get into LA, there uh, you drive right by those fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, I've always wanted to see them, but I've never I've never been out in that direction. Like it also showed up in uh, that movie, The Wizard. Yeah, with Fred Savage. Yeah, we drove by them and we're like, holy shit! And like we like flipped a bitch like off the freeway there and got back off and like went. And looked at them. It was cool. It's yeah. like, yes, yeah, this is fucking dinosaurs from Peewee. <laughs> we'll have to make a pilgrimage there. Yeah, it's in some little town between Palm Springs and uh, L.A. 
Okay, that narrows it down at least. We could take five down down there for the most part. Yeah. And then cut in. Yeah, it's it's around there somewheres. And that that guy that played Andy always for whatever reason he well, probably just looks, but he made me think of uh Bluto from uh Popeye. <laughs> he would have been a perfect Bluto. Yeah, he's bearded, he's got a big old gut. He's fucking a hat. huge. Yeah. He's a big yeah. dude, man. That guy is scary. Oh, and I like later when he's when he's at the bus station and uh, he shows back up. Mm-hmm. And he just stands up, at, at, <laughs> you know, in front of people and, and he just towers over them. <laughs> they probably also use some, some short people. Yeah. After he chases him in and, and Pee Wee does the, the bull ride and then he's like, you know, he's like out of it. And uh, God, what did he say? Who? Pee Wee. What? When they're like reviving him? Oh, do you remember he's anything? Thinking, he's like, kid? I remember the alamo and they're like texas yeah their their representation of texas (laughs) is hilarious like i when he's on the on the payphone with Dottie, and and she doesn't believe he's in texas so he's so he just yells the stars at night are big and bright and then the entire crowd just just breaks over stop deep in in the heart of texas Texas. and then keeps going on with their business (laughs) yeah they just keep walking oh i guess i guess we skipped over when he actually went to the Alamo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he went and sat through the whole fucking super long, super boring. <laughs> yeah, where they're talking about adobe and corn tortillas and shit. And ask the question, when are we going to see the basement? And he finds out that, uh, that, that his bike is not there. It is not in a basement because there is none. Oh, poor Pee Wee. Yeah. He's crushed. But yeah, it's just, the movie is, it's just fun it's just non-stop fun one interesting interaction to another and then uh where's he was in the hospital right or where was he when he saw the video yeah because he he had gone to the biker bar and it was uh what was it the clubhouse of the satan's helpers yeah and and they're they're straight up just gonna kill him for being there because i i mean he goes in there to use the payphone and and they're all being loud and rowdy and he just shushes them It says he's trying to use the phone. Like, what the fuck? And do you know who the who the woman is in there that, that you know, says, I say you let me have, have him first. first. Yeah. No, I do not. That was, I don't remember her real name, but Elvira. Oh, yeah. they. I guess they were friends. They were like long time. That was Elvira? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Wasn't she blonde? Yeah. In the movie? Oh, she, she, wasn't, she wasn't in her in Elvira getup. Wow. That's weird. I yeah. told, I'm going to have to take a look at that again. Oh man, after she says her line and she gives that like smile looking down, you can see the teeth. You're like, oh, that is Elvira's smile right there. Oh no shit. She's, I, I mean, me personally, I think she's way sexier in this movie than she is as Elvira. Even, I mean, nothing, nothing beats Elvira's cleavage, of course. You know, it's legendary. Yeah, but, that, yeah that's, uh, that's her claim to fame. Yeah, but the blonde biker chick look, I, I dig more than the, uh, than the vampirus look. Um, yeah, so, so we, they, they loan him a bike and he crashes like, yeah. immediately <laughs> Yep, and, uh, and goes to the hospital, sees that, that his bike is in a TV show or it was donated to a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Odin was kind of confused. He was like, how'd they get that bike? And I was like, it was on the truck. Remember it probably went somewhere and someone bought it and it doesn't matter. That's one of those moments like in dumb and dumber when he's, uh, you know, when they're almost to, to Colorado and he's like dabbing off Harry's face and he misses that turn to go to Aspen. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you're like, 
oh fuck like your goal was right there like i couldn't believe that it still bothers me when i'm watching the movie and he's in the car and his bike is directly behind him (laughs) and goes in a different direction but one thing i loved about where the movie takes us now is this was my first experience of seeing behind the movies because he goes to the Warner brothers studio a lot and all of a sudden you've got all of these characters and costumes and elephants and props and sets and stuff and it takes you on another little mini adventure once he jacks his bike back like he's going through godzilla movies and playing tarzan Uh, yeah and they end up like they're chasing him the security guys are chasing him and like they're like towing a boat that has like the surfer dude in the in the fight and then godzilla ends up in the boat and yeah it's a it's a santa's in the boat yeah 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 it's a solid chase scene man and one thing I love, and to this day, like, even though I'm not a huge fan of, of the band, I love this song and I love oh, listening yeah. to it because they go into a twisted sister video. And was, is the song just called you're going to burn in hell? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I fucking love that. They actually got a twisted sister tie in and they, they crashed the, uh, the video shoot. I had totally forgotten about that until, oh, until it popped up. I was like, holy shit, that's right, Twisted Sister. How many years had it been since you'd seen the movie? Oh, probably 10. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't rewatch movies twice a year like you do. <laughs> uh, only certain movies, and this is one of them for sure. And you know what? Wrapping it up, he he does a super slick like rocket bike jump and redeems himself from his earlier bail. And uh, gets his bike back and sells his his movie rights to uh, to Warner Brothers. Yeah, and then they, they make the fucking movie, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's great. James Brolin playing P. W. <laughs> Herman. It's like a James Bond movie. And his bike's like a fucking fancy motorcycle that ninjas steal. Yeah, the X One. <laughs> and Dottie, oh, who is she? Play? She's one of those. It wasn't Victoria Principal. It was. Uh, it it was one of those fucking stars of the day. Uh, I'm not going to look it up, but I mean, James Brolin's deadpan delivery, uh, you know, when, when she's like, oh, you're such a whatever pushover or something. He's like, I know you are, but, but what, what am, am I, I? <laughs> like a serious <laughs> actor? And they've, they've got Pee Wee uh, doing his cameo in there as the bellhop and he keeps on spiking the lens and that fucking voice like, no, nothing right now, Mr. Herman paging Mr. Herman. <laughs> yeah, you have a telephone <laughs> call at the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> and like any good movie of this ilk from the 80s should, like everyone's there in the end. Do it, you know, like everyone that he encountered on the adventure is there. He's passing food to through the prison bus bars and, you know. Yeah, try, trying to sneak a knife in on a on a hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, everyone's there and uh and it all wraps up wonderfully it was just uh yeah brilliant francis gets launched off of a uh off of a yeah. catapult seat and phil hartman who co-wrote the movie got to make his little guest appearance there in the end as the reporter talking to francis yeah i'm surprised he didn't go for a bigger role in the movie yeah he probably could have had whatever role he wanted i would have imagined yeah yeah what was he doing back then because that was pre snl that was 84 uh, when they were shooting that is that pre snl for him I I would think so. I I bet he showed up on SNL like 87. Yeah, maybe. 88. Yeah, I think he was there in like 90 still. Yeah, so. he was there with the with like the Mike Myers and Dana yeah. Carvey and David Spade. 
Yeah. Brilliant fucking flick. The way the soundtrack ends that movie too just does it for me. It slows down. You get that. It, it's it's like the end of a fairy tale. You know, yeah. It, it 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 really is a big adventure. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. It's a good flick. Peak Pee Wee. Yeah. If if anyone hasn't seen that flick, get off your asses and do what's right by yourself and uh, and go check it out because it is by far the in my opinion the the best of any flicks or tv he did because oh absolutely you know coming out of this the next year because that came out in 85 so 86 came peewee's playhouse yeah which is you know the 80s we've talked about it before they'll uh, make kids shows out of fucking anything yeah and uh this one was a bit more appropriate for a kid's show at least like i mean the original stage show maybe wasn't it was definitely for adults full of sexual innuendo there was a little bit of that in the mo- in big adventure still but um, like I guess they Warner Brothers person were like, hey, we want to do a Saturday morning cartoon. And Paul Rubens was like, no, let's do live action. And they're like, all right, because he still wanted to be Pee Wee. He didn't want to be the voice yeah. of Pee Wee. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, when they did the movie, he fucking uh, big balls move basically said, yeah, sure, I'll do the movie. But I retain all the rights to all the characters. And he told the same thing to HBO. So to this day, Paul Rubens is the sole owner of all things peewee that's fucking nuts and like you said big balls move because studios don't do that they don't sign up with unproven creators to to just be distributors yeah and allow them to retain all the rights for the character like that's that's insane and i guess i heard a thing that of him uh, like an interview with him talking about how um like he'd go into meetings with them and and like occasionally like the the bigwigs at warner brothers would be like oh mr herman how are you <laughs> like they didn't even know that uh it was a character so maybe that helped out too like the executives coming into to pink floyd's uh yeah studio and saying which one's pink yep um but i mean he didn't really do anything as paul rubens outside of that so i guess that's forgivable yeah. but yeah peewee's playhouse that was that was kind of how i got introduced to peewee and uh it, again kind of a weird turn that it you know he went from like improv dude to like a, a movie, like a wacky kind of movie to like a straight up kids show. Like he started with a, a satire of a kids show that ended up turning into a real kids show. Yeah. And all of these things, like even though the character of Pee Wee is consistent, like there's there's no continuity that makes sense between any of these projects or any of the ones that that come come after this that that we'll get to like any of the other movies the 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 previous ones can't exist for them to be reality yeah exactly yeah or their own reality yeah there is definitely no continuity in in puppet land yeah it's just it's just a new thing that peewee's always been a part of somehow so Pee-wee's Playhouse wasn't as big for me when I was a kid. Like I liked I liked the character of Pee-wee, but I don't remember getting ready at my television set to watch Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like I knew I knew of it because I I would see it, but I knew the characters, you know. I remember fucking Cherry and the robot and Jombie and you know Missy Vaughn and fucking Lawrence Fishburne playing Cowboy Curtis. Yeah. He was probably Larry Fishburne back then. Conky, that was the robot's name. Conky, yeah. Magic Screen, Globy. Yeah. And King of Cartoons. Yeah. R.I.P. I think he just passed away recently. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yes, I saw something about that. 
Let's see what was his name. Uh, Gilbert Lewis. The king of cartoons. Yeah. And then they'd play the weirdest fucking like old cartoons or that uh, Penny one, the claymation. Yeah. With the girl with penny eyes. I've gone back and watched a little bit of Playhouse and uh, it's it's a kid's show. So it's like yeah. when you go back and watch any kid's show, it's um, it, it, it's not as tolerable because it's not for you as an adult. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like in that setting, Pee Wee is a bit more annoying to me because it's not. It's not the setting that I can, that I, that I know and that I love. So when he's just sitting there going like, connect the dots, la, 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 you know, it's like, wait, what? Uh, or, or, you know, he's like, oh, look, it's, or it's similar to that, uh, to that David Letterman, uh, first appearance when he's just like pulling things out of his bag and he's just like, look, a sword, ah, throws it away. He's like a boomerang, ah, throws it. Wasn't as much to latch onto, but it was fun seeing talking furniture and, and Missy Vaughn, which, there always seemed to be just a slight little bit of uh, of the the innuendo still left over on there. Oh yeah, like, no, there, know, there definitely she, was. She wore low cut dresses. Mm-hmm. And- I watched like a uh, like a paste up clip thing of like you know sexual in- innuendos from Playhouse, and one of them like she comes in and there's like a, a like one of those mechanical bulls and she gets on it and like it you know she's moaning and groaning as it's flying around and then like her <laughs> hair is all messed up and she looks all flustered like she just had sex and then, i can't remember what she said but she made some sort of comment that was definitely a sexual window it was definitely for you yes yeah so i mean that stuff was still there um but it was a kid's show it was for kids and it was fucking huge oh um, yeah i remember i remember watching the shit out of peewee when i was a kid that was definitely what i knew peewee for i don't think i watched big adventure until later Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I was only four when Playhouse came out. So like I was probably, I probably wasn't, you know, eight or 10 till I saw Big Adventure. Oh, okay. Yep. So um, I, I'd already known Pee Wee from the show primarily. And uh, it was, uh, it was just massive. It was fucking everywhere. It was it, it, amazing. Like, I mean, there's Pee Wee toys, Pee Wee bedsheets, fucking Pee Wee everything as they love to do in the eighties. Take some property and just merchandise the ever-loving yeah. trading cards and it. stickers. Why not? And I, and and I didn't know until later that Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo wrote the theme song to Pee Wee's Playhouse, and it's Cindy Lauper singing it, an uncredited Cindy Lauper. That that totally makes sense because that 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 theme song is weird and like all the little yeah. claymation stuff like. That is a strange intro, and and the way they spell out Pee Wee, like what what is it that makes up the letters? Is it like there's like one of them's like a worm or something? That, yeah, yeah, they're all like, like wiggling around. Yeah, well, just the set design in general is very. I mean, it's super eighties. It's just like yes. the doors are all weird shapes and everything's weird colors, and I mean, it's very. And you look at like the original stage show; it looks it looks a lot like that. Like, I mean that that was yeah. the style that they were going for on it. Yeah, it, it like if I if I could describe the aesthetic of the Pee Wee's Playhouse set, I would say it's like somebody designed a room around the Save by the Bell like theme song graphics and logos. Yeah, like early Nickel- Nickelodeon stuff. Yeah, except I think they probably they might have pulled some of their style from Pee Wee because I think he came before them. Definitely. So you know, and I think I think back in like eighty uh, one and shit when they were doing. The original stage show that was like, you know, punk art kind of thing, like the kind of thing you'd see on, you know, punk album covers like like they they hired some guy that was like, you know, a well-known 
punk rock artist guy to do, to do the set design. I don't remember his name. Oh, cool. But it was like, you know, I like kind of a counterculture kind of fucking art thing then. And it became yeah. like the signature art of the late eighties, early nineties. <laughs> like everything just looked like that. Yeah. And you know, the, the, uh, the place I've mentioned a few times before the back to the eighties cafe and shop, like that is their design aesthetic in there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they they filmed Playhouse in like a like a loft in New York City with no AC and shit, and had to. Uh, I guess it sounded pretty miserable, but they you know they ended up getting like an airport air conditioner in there. Yeah, meant for cooling down planes. Yeah, finally, and uh, made it kind of bearable. Yeah, they were saying like in short time, like all of a sudden it would be like forty five degrees, and your breath would be freezing. Yeah, so it, it, it seemed it seemed like they uh, they had a problem with extremes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in the middle of that run, we got our second theatrical feature. Good old uh, once again a complete turn from anything you'd seen before. Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, I didn't get to rewatch it. I don't remember liking that one as much, but it's been a long time. Understandable. Um, I grew up with that movie as well. We had that on VHS. But I get why people didn't like it. I didn't like it as much as a kid, but I I still loved it because it was it was Pee Wee interacting with interesting people. Like he's now a farmer with a talking pig named Vance, and there's <laughs> there's a uh, he lives in a in a little rural town where it's all just old fucking crotchety assholes that can't stand him, and like like they're all being assholes to him. Even though I mean I guess he is I I could see them being just really annoyed by him, and he does butt into some shit to get a to get a cheese sandwich and a pickle, and uh, and the shop owner is really pissed off at him about it. But then a tornado comes in and blows a circus into town, uh, led by Chris Christopher of all people. Like that was oh, my no first shit. exposure to Chris Christopherson. Yeah. Wow. And so Pee Wee decides, you know, he wants to set up a circus in town to to make people happy. And of course, the old people fucking hate the idea but what old people mean, don't like circuses <laughs> well they don't like anything fun these people are like extreme extreme old people who go out of their way to be dickheads to people like peewee and the circus folk and peewee is like all into like science and agriculture in this and he's got like a like a keypad greenhouse that he can get into and he and he develops a hot dog tree oh that's right and yeah he can grow hot dogs yeah and he also has a serum that can make fruit and vegetables grow super big or or super small when he needs it to later. And um, he's got this cute little school teacher girlfriend played uh, or named Winnie, played by Penelope Ann Miller. And um, and then in comes uh, the uh, the trapeze lady. Fuck, what was her name? I know I wrote it down. Oh, her name was Valeria Galena. And I thought she was so fucking hot. And Pee Wee falls for her and they share like at least on time or at the time, it may still be uh, the record for the longest continuous kiss. Cause it's not like they're just like, Oh, like I'm making out and shit, but it's a three minute kiss that has all sorts of like innuendo of like volcanoes erupting and like, like wild animals fighting and shit. But it's all just like, it's a, it's during a kiss. And it, it was interesting because that was, the first time I'd seen Pee-wee as a sexual being. Yeah, you know, like yeah with somebody... any sort of romantic interest at all. That, that, I remember yeah. feeling that was kind of weird because that was not 
part of Pee Wee before that. Yeah. Like, you know, he's shunning girls left and right before, and now he's got fucking two girlfriends at the same time. What's going on, Pee Wee? Mm-hmm. He starts shacking up with the bearded lady next. <laughs> and they did have a bearded lady. They yeah. also had a a dog boy uh, played by a young Benicio Del Toro. Awesome. And, um, you know, they, oh, the Chris Christopherson played a, a, the ringmaster named uh, Mace Montana. He was kind of an Indiana Jones type, even though he was a he was a ringmaster. And he had a uh, a wife who was like two inches tall and her name was Midge. And she would like <laughs> live in right. his pocket. Um, so long story short, eventually they uh, they set up a circus. Pee Wee finds a way to shrink hot dogs that also make people turn into kids. So then they all go out and enjoy the circus. And <laughs> Pee Wee gets to uh, gets to perform with a. Uh, What's her name? Oh, oh, I can't remember her first name, but she was uh, she was the sister of the Piccola Poopola brothers. Piccola Poopola brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as you might like that movie, it was uh, kind of a flop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That did, movie did not do well. They did nope. not have Tim Burton directing it. They did have Danny Elfman doing the music, though, right? I don't know for sure. It wouldn't surprise me. Well, I, yeah, I I don't know. I never I never actually looked into that. I just sort of figured it was like the shunned you know like drug addict cousin of the family of peewee stuff you know where it's just sort of like nah we're not gonna invite him to a to a uh, family reunion we're kind of ashamed <laughs> yeah but again i i still loved it like i i'm kind of surprised i don't have it on dvd or blu-ray i need to rectify that go ahead <laughs> I'll make you watch it. Yeah, I probably should watch it again. But uh, of all the one- things I wanted to watch, I figured David Letterman appearances was better because I don't, I didn't remember liking that one very much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not great, but well, it's it's not a great movie. But Pee Wee is great in it. Yeah. So is Chris Christopherson. Like, like I like the, Chris Christopherson. He's he's good in a lot of stuff. Yeah the the main cast plays their roles so well. Well, they can't all be winners. I think that same year he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame as well. Yeah. Or Pee Wee got a star. Paul Rubens still doesn't have one. Nope. He hasn't done enough. But uh, yeah, I mean, thereafter he went back to, uh, you know, making Pee Wee's Playhouse. And uh, in like 1990, a couple years later, he kind of decided he had already decided to kind of retire Pee Wee. Like they recorded the fourth and fifth seasons at the same time so that he could fucking take some time off after that and, you know, not be a weird childish guy. <laughs> you know, like he, <laughs> he could, he could be, he could be not peewee for a while and yeah. And apparently grow his hair out long and get a beard. Yeah. His hair was super long. It's weird. But, uh, and, uh, then in, uh, 1991, uh, the infamous event where yeah, the incident where he was, uh, allegedly caught with his dingling out. At a at a triple X theater called the South Trail Cinema. Yeah, in Sarasota, Florida. Yeah, which is where he grew up. Mm-hmm. He was back home hanging out with his parents. That's probably why he was at the theater. He was hanging out with his parents, wanted to uh, rub one out, and yeah. uh, you don't want to do it in your parents' house with them sitting over there. You know, this was 1991. They probably only had one TV in the living room. <laughs> so uh, yeah, cer- certainly no internet. Yes, yeah, so you head on down to the South Trail Cinema. And and I guess from from what uh, the e- Hollywood story thing was saying, like Sarasota was like 
Puritan Central or some shit. Like the cops were on like a fucking morality bent. They were like uh, arresting people for fucking wearing string bikinis and selling rap to kids and shit. Yeah, yeah. So I guess they like just regularly they'd go hang out at the porno theater and arrest people for fun. And uh, that night, unfortunately, uh, Pee Wee was there enjoying uh, either Catalina Five O Tiger Shark. <laughs> Nurse Nancy or Turn Up the Heat, which all of which I checked out just out of curiosity. They're all heterosexual pornos. They're just regular old pornos. Yeah, like they they said that it was it was more or less just like women stripping. Oh, oh no. Videos. Oh, no, they are definitely there's full oh, penetration. Okay. Yeah, no, I flipped through them real quick. They are, they are <laughs> full pornos. Absolutely. Yeah, because that was something we talked about before where, I mean, Pee Wee is such a such a uh, for the most part. Well, no, I guess not for the most part, but in, in what I knew him from in Big Adventure, like just a very asexual character. But Paul Rubens to me, like, I don't know why I always just kind of assumed he was gay. I, I, he, he just gave, uh, gave off that air to me and, and perhaps, you know, that, that's something that I need to check on myself if I'm just making judgments like that. Well, and he's never but, like people have asked him and he's, he's, he doesn't say one way or the other. Like, I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's very he's, ambiguous. He's like, yeah, that's about you know, but basically that's none of your business, which is accurate. Yeah, that is 100% true. In fact, I kind of feel bad for even publicly saying that I made a judgment because Paul Rubens probably wouldn't appreciate that. Yeah. But, uh, well, he probably wouldn't but appreciate that, that us, was, talking about was... us, us talking about him there watching, uh, yeah. full on, uh, porno in the theater yeah, and we're, uh, we're not going to be friends with him after this one supposedly and supposedly the cops saw his dangling a couple times like like the report was like he you know he did it and then 20 minutes later he did it again um good stamina usually after i do it i'm done ready to leave yeah but uh you know he's a dedicated man so <laughs> and I, I he tried to like offer to do like a peewee performance for the uh police department to try and get off <laughs> But that mugshot of him, man, with the long, like he looks like, like he did in Buffy. Like he's got like long yeah. ass hair and he's all scruffy. It's fucking weird. I remember where I was as a kid when that happened and I saw it in the newspaper. Oh, really? I was in my parents, my parents' bedroom, sitting off on the side of their bed, probably just watching TV on a Saturday morning or something. And like, I heard that and then I, I saw the mugshot and I was just like, what the, like, I, I still remember the shock. Of seeing Pee Wee looking like that in his mugshot in the paper. Well, yeah, because he'd done such a good job of insulating, you know, Paul Rubens from Pee Wee prior to this. Yeah, you never saw Paul Rubens, and mm. and it 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 broke my heart as a kid. You know, like I mean, I was I was only what nine years old at the time, but yeah. but still, like it was it was a shock to me because I I grew up with Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I fucking loved that movie so much. He claimed he didn't do it. First of all, but uh, even if he did, like you're at a porno theater, I would expect people to masturbate at a porno theater, right? I guess. I mean, I don't know if I could. I, th I think I, it's too public. I don't think you'd go to a porno theater either. Though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but the kind of folks that are like, yeah, I'd like to go watch two and a half hours of porno. Yeah, they're probably going to jerk off. Yeah. Yeah. And they're probably not sitting right next to each other. No, I, the, uh... I don't imagine it's a crowded theater. <laughs> but, you know, but he said he didn't do it, but he pled no contest anyway. And uh, Pee Wee disappeared. And for all intents and purposes, everyone pretty much assumed that uh, Pee Wee Herman was dead and gone. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier when, uh, at the end of this special in 1998, like that was the story. It was, you know, for seven years, Pee Wee hadn't existed. And as far as they were concerned, as far as the world at that point was concerned, 
Pee-wee was never going to exist again. And Paul Rubens started doing acting gigs himself, you know, like he did, like, like we talked about Buffy. And, um, I mean, later on he had in, well, I guess it wasn't that much later than that special. He was in mystery men as the spleen where yeah. he had fart powers. He fart, yep. And he was in blow as Derek for real. And I mean, brilliant. Like he, he is a fantastic actor in those roles. I mean, I don't, I don't see him ever, you know, filling a serious dramatic role so much, you know, but he's, he's a great character actor. Yeah. Or like a leading, I, I don't see him leading a movie in something dramatic, but uh, yeah, he's not going to go up against Pacino and De Niro yeah. in, a, in a Scorsese picture. Yeah. And, and even after he disappeared, like he had support, um, like Cindy Lauper came out in favor of him. A few other uh, Bill Cosby did, but, uh, Ooh boy. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> Uh, th- he, he was, he was still, a, he was still pretty golden then though. There was like pro peewee rallies, but, uh, no, no studio was going to touch it. And yeah. so like, you know, everyone just kind of assumed that he was gone. I mean, he was gone until, uh, let's see, like his first televised appearance, but apparently he did, he did a live show in 2006 where he came back as peewee, but it was in 2007 um, where he showed up at the uh, Spike. Do you remember the Spike Network? Oh, yeah. Is that still a TV thing? for men? No. Fuck no. no. That thing couldn't exist these days. Um, but he showed up at a uh, guy's TV Choice Awards as Pee Wee. And that was his first appearance back in the public on television as Pee Wee. Yes. And for all intents and purposes, like people accepted it. I, I remember being stoked because... For all these years, like when we were when we were growing up, like once we were in our teenage and adult years, there were all these rumblings that like, oh, he's going to do something as Pee Wee. You know, like for many years, they, there were these there was talk about how there were two Pee Wee scripts and one was for adults and one was for children. One was a playhouse movie and the other one was like a dark comedy for adults. And because by that point, we'd heard about how the original Pee Wee show was for adults. We're like, fuck yeah. Like we're adults now. Like go back to this. I want to see the adult version yeah. of, of Pee Wee. Yeah. I think that's when I, I, I went back when originally saw the, you know, the original stage show it was about that okay. time period. Yeah. And apparently I, I meant to look this up, but I didn't get a chance. I'm going to have to do this after we record, but in 2010, um, they did the, uh, well, they did the return of the stage show. And to promote it, Pee Wee even went on to uh, WWE Raw, really? and he, yeah, he, he, he like he did a promo with The Miz, and even got into like an an in ring altercation with him. Awesome! And I don't know how I never saw this. Uh, you know, I I want to see it so bad. I was I was uh, I was looking at some factoids in the bathroom earlier. I think so. I was like, okay, I got to do it when I get out and and look on the on the internet so I can watch it full size and totally forgot oh yeah that sounds awesome but i, I guess with the the whole, his whole thinking behind that stage show was that he'd like to turn it into a film because he wanted to make that you know like a an adult peewee film because mm-hmm. all of his fans are adults now like all those kids that grew up with him were us now well and i i read about about uh one of the treatments for the adult film was similar to uh, they they called it like the Valley of the Dolls for Pee Wee, where he was going to be like a singer who gets brought to L.A. and and gets really big and turns into a total piece of shit. And, you know, and, and they're putting him in movies and shit. And it's like a, like a character study. But, yeah, that's yeah. definitely not what we got eventually. Well, I guess. the So Judd Apatow 
uh, you know, reached out to him and was like, yo, let's make another Pee Wee movie. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, all right, I want to do this one where Pee Wee's an alcoholic and all this shit happens. Like Pee Wee gets out of prison and then he comes in and, and, and Jabba the was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, that's not what we're doing. People don't want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess they had a lot of like arguing back and forth and, and settled on, you know, Pee Wee's big holiday in which Pee Wee is not coming out of prison and is not an alcoholic. No, man. And I remember seeing the trailer for that just when when that because there were always the rumblings of a new peewee movie but eventually you know it's just sort of like i'll believe it when i see it but i i again i remember where i was i was at my i was at my parents place doing laundry i think and uh and i turned on netflix and there was the fucking trailer and i was just like you gotta be fucking kidding me like it's actually happening i think i posted on facebook you know that like it's it's fucking happening like a new peewee movie like it was such a huge important thing for me in that moment somehow i totally missed it i mean maybe i heard something about it then and then forgot about it that would be unheard of but i (laughs) i never saw it until like last night oh man yeah it came out in 2015 yeah yeah and uh, how the fuck did you do that i don't know but but uh, you know paul rubens was really concerned about looking too old in it he's like Pee Wee can't look that old and i'm fucking he's like 67 now or some shit yeah he's my mom's age yeah, and he was like, man, I can't do this. I can't look this old. And um, I guess Judd Avatar kept being like, don't worry about it. We got makeup. We got this. And then like he saw that they, you, you know, digitally de-aged him. Oh, did they? Yeah. And he, oh, and, and he looked at that and he was like, oh, okay, no, that looks good. I could be Pee Wee for a while longer. Awesome. The de-aging on it's pretty good. His face looks pretty good. He still looks fairly young. Like you see a little bit of age oh, coming yeah? through, but it's not too bad. He doesn't look nearly as old as he does now. Like, like if you actually look at him. That's wild because that was one of my notes coming out of uh, i i didn't get to get through the whole thing today but i i went back to to try to watch it again and my big note coming out of that like same thing as the first time i saw it where like i feel like he looks and sounds you know just old he does sound wrong he doesn't sound quite right yeah like that that was one thing i noticed about it was that uh he uh his voice wasn't quite i mean he's old he's fucking 67 yeah he sounds like he's been smoking for a lot of years. But yeah, it, you, it had like a gravel to it. If you look at pictures of what he actually looks like right now, um, they did a pretty good job with de-aging. Like he definitely yeah. looks, he looks 67. He's almost 70 years old for fuck's sake. Well, you know, and, and probably what happened, it's probably something like, uh, like the, the de-aging on Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci and Al Pacino in, in the Irishman, where it's like, you can smooth out the skin, but you still can't change the uh the structure of the face like you know he he's just his face is going to droop because he's an old man yeah oh wow yeah here's a picture of, of him yeah wow he looks real fucking old yeah yeah so they did a pretty good job in the movie with it except one thing i did notice like at the very beginning where he's like handing putting the friendship bracelet on the alien they oh, did they did not digitally de-age his hands they were definitely some old man hands <laughs> Real quick, speaking of which, what the fuck? The movie opens with him saying goodbye to the most Creep. bizarre, grotesque, <laughs> cartoony, it, like ET. It, yeah, like it's <laughs> it's more Mac and me than it is ET. Yeah. But it's somebody made really bad decisions designing that yeah, thing. I love and how its nose is all snotty and shit. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's got like six nostrils. Yeah, um, eyes. One thing I noticed about the beginning of this movie, especially, is Pee Wee Herman is showing a tremendous amount of emotion. 
like it's opening and he's just fucking bawling yeah and then he goes in like his band breaks up and he shows rage and then he starts bawling again like it it's it's a peewee that i'm not used to seeing yeah he's definitely uh, more emotional in it and i think it works out um the uh yeah, yeah, it's a weird movie. I don't know how much I liked it. Like it was, it was kind of fun. It was definitely very peewee. The whole Joe Manganello thing was kind of weird. <laughs> it was like the whole continuity thing. Like, wait, what do you mean Peewee's never left Fairville? Yeah, I guess they had to get some big celebrity for it to make it work for the role. And I don't know if Joe Manganello is a big celebrity. Like, I know who he is from D and D because he's a big D and D advocate. Yeah, and he was in True Blood. I guess I didn't watch True Blood. Like, yeah. when, like when, when he was like, I was in this and I was in that. It was like, you know, Pee Wee, it's okay. I wouldn't know him from any <laughs> of those things either. Uh, I know him as He's like, I was, I was Flash Thompson in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like I know him as, uh, you know, a, a Hollywood dude that is a big D&D advocate and was trying to get a D&D movie made. And that's about it. I'm curious if I'm the only one that was bothered by the fact that Joe Manganiello's sitting there in a t-shirt that looks dingy and it's just got fucking holes in it it's just got like little like moth holes all over the fucking shirt i was like why is this guy wearing a shirt that is fucking beat to shit because he's cool as fuck and doesn't give a shit john i guess and that milkshake peewee makes for him was runny and i didn't believe him at all when he was talking about how great it was that looked like a (laughs) shitty milkshake yeah it looks like one you easily could have drank with the straw you didn't need that spoon at all yes and it would have been more like chocolate milk. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to be honest, that's about as far as I got. Like once once Pee Wee set off on his big holiday, that was when I dropped out. But like what I remember from the first time I saw it was just a lot of like green screen that didn't look great. And like getting into situations that even though Big Adventure was ridiculous and you would never get in those situations like these were like unrealistic like didn't he have like a flying car or he was in like a flying car with an old lady or something at some point yeah and, and i couldn't tell but I'm, I'm i think that the lady might have been simone from big adventure oh no shit it looked a lot like her i meant to look it up didn't but uh boy it looked a lot like simone from big adventure it might be uh she's got a very defined bone structure in her face like it's got yes. a very distinct looking face and it looked a lot like her you know what that does sound familiar I, uh, you know, I, the, the thinking that that was Simone, I, uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'll back you up on that. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think the big difference from it was that like in, like in big adventure, it's Peewee who is this big personality, this really unusual dude who, who's, you know, I guess o- not overacting, but like is very over the top performance. Yeah. Um, and most everybody else plays it at least a little bit straight like you know they're all kind of wacky and silly and they they, you know it's unreal how much they just like accept what's going on Mm -hmm. but for the most part they're not totally bizarre you know on par with him crazy characters and in in big holiday they kind of were like the those those ladies that rob the fucking bank and like end up stealing his car like holy shit that was actually the scene that I that I dropped out on. Like, I don't think you could act harder at all. Like, like that main that main one was tough. It was so over dramatic, and you know, and it kind of fits the tone of a Pee Wee movie, kind of. But it also kind of detracts from Pee Wee being 
the big main thing and you got all these other almost equally wacky characters that he's running into instead of more mundane people. And they, they made me think more of like somebody that belonged in like Jay and silent Bob strike back. Like it, it didn't fit a peewee movie as much to me. And it's a shame that, uh, the, the one girl whose name I don't remember, but she played maybe in, uh, in arrested development. Um, you know, like the, she's the one like normal one that are the most normal. Yeah. Uh, with like the fuzzy sweater. That's thing. what I recognized like, her from. Yeah. Peewee. Her name is also Peewee. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. I didn't get that far. Yeah. That's totally right. She is a really good actress. Yeah. And, and it's, it was a shame to see her in, in that situation. Flanked by a couple of clowns. Yeah. That's probably a little harsh. (laughs) No, no, not at all. But, uh, fuck them. We already pissed off Paul Rubens. What do we give a shit about it? About, uh, those people. Yes. But yeah, the, the, but they did do a pretty good job of like tying some stuff in. Like they had like the joke stuff guy, salesman guy, where he gets like the instant disguise kit that he ends up yeah. using later to get away from the farmer who's trying to marry him off to his daughters. That's right. Yeah. The farmer daughter scene was pretty solid. I liked that one a lot. Man, all- I wish I would have gotten to see the whole thing again, because I, I do remember leaving it a little underwhelmed, but not being like, this is a piece of shit. No, it was, it was still fun. It was, I mean, it was cool seeing Pee Wee again and, uh, he was back to his, you know, avoiding girls things. He had the girl at the library that really wanted to, was, you know, on his, uh, hanging all over him. And he, again, just kind of deflected, you know, and, and I, I almost, well, I thought he was going to rehash the, uh, the dotty line. Like, I like you, I like you. Yeah. As in like a. I like you as a friend. Oh no, he just blew her right off and speaking all in, in like letter talk and shit. That was weird seeing Pee Wee doing that. Yeah. I was, I was kind of hoping that he would, you know, say the, I'm, I'm a rebel or I'm a loner. I'm a rebel line again, but, uh, yeah, you know, what do you do? Though they did mention later that, uh, I guess his name is Pee Wee Aloysius Herman. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. And Mark Mothersbaugh did the music on that as well. Oh, cool. So it's a, it's a I think it's a proper peewee effort. You know, it, it's hard yeah. to get back into a character that you haven't done for fucking almost 25 years. Yeah. In any significant way besides the, the stage show. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and kind of recapture that magic from years ago. That's a tough thing to do. And, uh, I, I, I don't think they necessarily recaptured the magic of like big adventure, but, uh, I th- I think they did uh, an admirable job for what it was. Yeah. It was more big adventure than it was big top. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you could tell definitely. they loved big adventure. Yeah, they were definitely paying homage to big adventure for sure. They definitely went over the top with the uh with the Rube Goldberg waking up <laughs> yeah. uh, scene in this one. Holy shit. But uh, they they did pay homage to the uh to the get a giant breakfast and take one bite and pass it off. Yep. I liked that. I so it's worth watching, I'd say. Yes. Especially if you're a Pee Wee fan. Um, and, and he's like, you know, Rubens is still trying to make the Pee Wee Herman story, the dark one. And I, I guess they've got some minor studio, like, you know, production company interest. They don't have any distributor or studio interest in it yet. I guess uh, I read something. There's a, like a super fan from the UK has pledged um, $10 million if he can come up with the rest of the money he needs to make the movie. 
And so, and, and he Damn. thinks he can make it for like 15 million, which is pretty low budget. But if it's like, you know, like a Valley of the Dolls thing, it doesn't, you know, you don't need a whole lot of big special effects or anything. So maybe. Well, yeah. And even, even, uh, I would be curious to see what the budget for Big Holiday was because there, there were a lot of kind of cheap looking like green screen effects that, that, that came out of that. And that was, that was also a big difference from Big Adventure where like everything, especially back then, everything was on location. Everything was practical. You know, they went everywhere and did everything and they could do these wide angle shots of locations. Whereas this one was very tight. It was almost played more like a, like a TV show. $30 million was the budget. Oh shit. Okay. Which is not, you know, not big in move by movie standards by any means, but it's not small. I wonder how much of that was Paul Rubens's payday. Oh yeah. And how much the de-aging was. Yeah. Like that's probably the most significant special effect in the movie. <laughs> that's why all the other other effects aren't that impressive. Um so we are going long on part 1. How about uh how about a little breaky break? Yeah, I'm uh yes. I I've got to go to bed soon, so we'll make a part 2 yeah. brief. Okay. Uh we'll be right back. In a world of utter randomness, one podcast stood out from the bunch. And it was The Amazing World of Talking Shiz. <laughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, yeah, it's just mainly randomness. And focus is it's definitely not, not focused there. on at all. No. Uh, our podcast is definitely um, no theme at all. It's literally random and talk about literally everything and throwing in random jokes at any given time. Yeah. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. So go ahead, tune in. New episodes weekly. And we're international international very very well so tune in follow us on twitter see you there welcome back ben uh welcome back john thank you sir um so uh like we mentioned before we went to break we are running long holy crap we had a lot to say about the history of peewee herman so i think we're gonna do a do a little cruise through structure here yeah i think that's appropriate i've got to go to bed yeah me too um oh shit we're old it's past my bedtime <laughs> yeah yeah i mean weirdly enough i I think that red bull i drank did just what it needed to like gave me enough energy to get through the show but i think i'm gonna crash pretty hard i mean two and a half hours of sleep is not something i do ever it is inadequate so first impression what's your first impression of uh peewee herman I mean, I kind of mentioned it earlier. It was definitely Playhouse. And I, I, I like, I remember watching that when I was a kid and thinking, um, this guy's insane. This is crazy. Look at all this, you know, he's got a, he's got a fucking pterodactyl, like a, a French pterodactyl that he talks to and his, his chair talks. And like, I remember wondering when I was a kid, like, does his toilet talk too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it would, it would be logical that it would have a little, uh, little mouth flap there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Peewee, come leave a big dump in me. <laughs> yeah a genie head in a box yeah zombie the uh but yeah i mean it was it was peewee's playhouse i was the right age for it it was a kid's show it was it was weird and off the wall and and catered to my incredibly short attention span because yeah. it, nothing stayed you know and it didn't stay on any one thing for any length of time at all just had a new cavalcade of interesting characters coming through, doing new things, and then cutting to cartoons, and then cutting back, and yeah, 
Uh, it was definitely Pee Wee's Playhouse. We talked about it a bit already, and uh, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> oh, you're switching it up now. Um, well, my first impression, I also alluded to earlier, but I didn't want to get get into it uh, too much. In fact, this is a rare, if uh, if ever uh, done, a uh, double first impression. You ready for this? I don't even know what that means. I know. You're about to find out. I was thinking about it, and you know, I was thinking about my my first impression of Pee Wee was definitely Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and it was exactly the story that I told earlier about, um, you know, my cousins being in town and being scared of Large Marge, and like sit. I remember sitting in our living room of the house we lived in at that time, and I remember how everyone was sitting and 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 you know, somewhere on the couch, somewhere on the ground, but like I remember watching that movie. But here's the kicker. I don't think I have a solid memory of watching a movie before that. So that is also my first Whoa. impression of watching movies. Holy shit. Yeah. No wonder you're so I, weird. <laughs> I don't think it is the first movie I ever saw, yeah. but I can't think of, I, I don't have a memory of seeing a movie that came before that. Crazy. Yeah. So and that made me feel real good. I was like, "Oh, no wonder it's one of my favorite movies." Like it, it's it's been there since childhood, just like Back to the Future. I remember I remember Back to the Future being one of those movies. Like in fact, it was Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Back to the Future were like the two big movies that my family had recorded onto VHS from TV and though we watched them all the time and those are some of my favorite movies. I mean, I already talked about Pee-wee's Big Adventure being one of my top 3. And it was also, as I mentioned in past episodes, the program that was taped off TV that had the Superman cartoon oh, uh, commercial yeah. when Saturday rocks on CBS. Nice. It was an important movie to me. Fuck yeah. Now, this one was kind of tough for me until I figured out what I wanted to do. Then it was very easy. Funny how that works. The uh, <laughs> What is your favorite use in pop culture? Because there's like, like, are we excluding like the the main canon and having to come up with something else you know because you'd be like it's the movie i just told you it's one of my favorites yeah Stupid. duh <laughs> like, so like, like what would, would i like the trading cards more than the movie like fuck no yeah 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 but like I, i'm assuming with favorite use in pop culture we're doing like you know references or outside things from the main stuff maybe or yeah yeah for my uh for mine I decided to not be just lazy and say, well, it's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, clearly. And, and until you said, like, references and stuff, I hadn't even thought of that because even though this this wouldn't be my favorite, but I still remember in uh, in Mike, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the movie uh, in the in the claymation part for uh, for the song Speed Demon, for, like, the little music video for Speed Demon, Pee-wee shows up, like, real quick and, like, and, like, sings one little line really and, i don't even remember yeah. that yeah yeah it's it's like like what is it the 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 last line of the chorus when it when it does like the pull over boy and get your ticket right like the michael jackson character like changes into peewee it's like get your ticket right and then goes away it's like a <laughs> weird one and a half second <laughs> thing yeah i haven't seen that movie in years but yeah me now my my favorite use in pop culture would probably have to be that creepy fucking doll that they had where it was like the pull string and, and he'd say things. I didn't own it myself, but a good friend of mine who lived up the street owned it and I played with it all the time. But I mean, it was a really 
weird, interesting little doll. Like it, it, it was definitely cartoonized, but it was 100% peewee. Like it was half cartoon, half realistic. I don't know. It was, it was weird, but he had, he had the fucking suit. He had the shoes. He had the bow tie. Like it was, it was full on peewee. And I would, I would love to own one of those. I think I'm going to go on eBay and see if I can find one cheap. I saw one at that, uh, back to the eighties cafe, but it, uh, I think it was more expensive than I wanted to pay for it. Yeah. I remember those that actually ties pretty well into my favorite use in pop culture. Oh shit. Because I was thinking about, you know what? My favorite thing that permeated pop culture from peewee is what's that is uh peewee-isms which i'm pretty sure is exactly what that doll said when you pulled the string yeah she, she, like i know you are but what am i and uh so funny i forgot to laugh mm-hmm. and why don't you take a picture it'll last longer oh love it you know that's my name don't wear it out when we watched big, big adventure the other day you know when he's like Shh, i'm listening to reason Just oh like, i fucking that's love that <laughs> Um, but yeah. Oh, and when, when Dottie says to him, like, well, I mean, I guess this isn't a peewee, peewee-ism, but it was more physical comedy when Dottie says, like, I need your undivided attention. And this is for Ben, because the listeners can't see it, but he just goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he just goes wide-eyed and, like, closes his mouth and just stares right at her face. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, because those, you know, those escaped the realm of peewee. And some of those were probably around before peewee i guess yeah but uh i remember saying nearly all of those to people when i was a kid whenever i had the chance to uh and it was always because of peewee my dad would always mix it up and say i know i am but what are you (laughs) like on purpose (laughs) but uh yeah so uh that's good that was good and conceptual yeah yeah that's what i said it was hard and then i thought of that i was like okay yeah that'll work well, cool. I mean, I think we can uh, we can go ahead and skip over to our one word review and uh, and our final thoughts. What you got for your one word review? For my one word review, I decided to go with sensational because okay. uh, because Pee Wee was a fucking you know in the mid eighties he was a national sensation. Like he went from nobody having any idea who he was to being pretty much everywhere and anywhere he wanted to be uh, throughout the entirety of the 80s. Um, Pee Wee Herman fucking owned shit. Yeah, you knew who he was. Yeah, everyone knew who he was. Everyone was familiar with the character. And uh, he just, you know, all the kids watched it. Like, there was, there's very few things, I think, from that time that anyone that grew up in the 80s or was even, you know... Like our age now in the eighties, they I, I I can't imagine hardly anyone doesn't know who Pee Wee Herman is, and then even after you know his fall from grace was so abrupt, but uh, I mean he was literally the butt of every joke, like a joke on pretty much every show for you know months, and then yeah. he just faded away as you know sensations tend to you know if something comes through it's huge, and then one day it's just fucking gone. Yeah, it's it's more rare where, you know, you, you have a situation like that, like Pee Wee or like a Rob Lowe, where people recover from that and become beloved after something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad to see that, that he's back. And uh, I mean, Pee Wee was something that he was just so goofy and, 
you know, I get not really relatable as a kid because there was nothing relatable about him at all, but, uh, enjoyable. Like, I think I, I relate to him more now than I did as a kid, just because I've had a kid that's about that age. And I'm like, oh man, yeah, they're kind of like this. I get it. Um, and I wasn't that self-aware when I was nine. Yeah. I came up with the word juvenile. I was looking for something that, that could explain the good and the bad and everything as a whole. Like Peewee is like scientifically and objectively a juvenile character. The, when he's doing his stage show and doing adult humor, it's very juvenile. You know, they're, when they're, when they're talking about mirror shoes to, to look up skirts, when he's in his house, all of his toys and contraptions and his tape and giant toothbrush are juvenile. You know, he's super into circuses and the old people hate him in big top peewee. Yeah. It, it is, it is not a negative or in a negative context that I say juvenile, like it is just pure juvenile childish fun. Yeah, because there's nothing really sophisticated about Pee Wee no. Herman at all. It is all very surface level, you know, a few innuendos here and there, but but even the innuendos are, you know, sex and potty humor. They're not fucking, you know, deep thoughts about the human condition. And you know that, like, if somebody said, picture Pee Wee Herman, you know, as an 87-year-old on his deathbed, he would still be cracking those jokes and giggling and doing the same thing he's always done. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, he is a fully formed juvenile man child. Yeah. And yet he doesn't need to change or grow. That's why I'm kind of curious where the dark one goes to see if he's still that guy, that same character, but in, in a darker setting with a darker plot. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I guess in big adventure, he gets a little, you know, like when he's freaking out because his bike's gone, gone. Like he's, it, it, you know, that's dark for Peewee. Yeah. When he's walking down the rainy alley and some toughs are trying to give him some shit and he goes, yeah. and hisses at him and they run away. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that movie so much. Well, you know, even though Paul Rubens is getting up there, like I really, really hope there's more Peewee output. Like just before all this uh, COVID stuff hit, they, uh, they were doing a, what was it? 35th anniversary uh, tour. Yeah. Where yeah. Paul Rubens was taking the movie to auditoriums and then having like a Q and a, and like a, 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 you know, telling all sorts of behind the scenes stories and shit. And it came to San Francisco in the end of February, like right before everything shut down. And I'm so bummed. I didn't, I didn't do it. Like I, I looked at tickets and they, for, for, for a shitty seat, I didn't want to pay the price for it, but I didn't, have the money or you know the extra walking around cash to fucking pay you know several hundred dollars to to get a good seat wow is that how much they were going for uh i think the cheapest i found one like a decent seat was like 200 bucks but that was like one of them and then the rest were going for like three or four yeah well i guess there's stomach for more peewee for that's for sure yeah i mean people love that shit and um one thing i totally forgot to mention is our our oft-mentioned, uh, oft-mentioned friend Preston, when we were kids, there was always this sort of thing, like like when he would, because he, you know, he had. I guess I don't need to describe him to you, and it wouldn't matter to to the listeners, but he had a he had a peewee type 
look in a way <laughs> definitely had like, a little like, bit of a peewee vibe going yeah when he wanted to like bug his eyes out he you know if, if he dressed him up like peewee he, he he would he would sell it well uh, i've got beady little eyes i couldn't be peewee but we used to always joke around that as a kid as kids and like say you know he should be peewee for halloween and i it wasn't until years later that like I don't know if if my mom knew something or if she suspected something, but she's like, yeah, like Linda, that's Preston's mom. Linda never liked that, like at all, <laughs> that people would would compare her son to Wee, like <laughs> looks wise. And and you got to think about that. Like, that's just something you say when you're younger. And, you know, like you have to be careful with that shit, because if you say to somebody now, like, oh, you I remember this happened to me with our buddy Mike Saul. They're like, oh, you look like my cousin. And and then I look at a picture of the cousin. And it bums me out. because I'm like, oh, like that guy's ugly as fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. But <clears throat> <clears throat> and, and I did that myself to to somebody that that I worked with um, when I was in the restaurant game where I was like, oh, yeah, you know, she looks like a, a less attractive this person. I was like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, that's. That's fucking rude as shit. Like, man, what do you mean a less attractive Wilford Brimley? <laughs> she doesn't say diabetes, right? All right. But, you know, if it, if if it, there was any question of it, I fucking love this character, especially in Big Adventures, because it's it's one of my favorites. I'll recommend it to anyone, anytime. And if you disagree with me, you're incorrect, but you're entitled to that incorrect opinion. And here's hoping that we get a little bit more Pee-wee soon. W- one thing that I thought was interesting that I did hear Paul Rubens um, or read in an interview that he did was that uh, it, like he's he was like you know, he's not opposed to s- selling the rights to Pee-wee, you know, and they could do you know the way technology is these days that you know they could maybe the he when he gets too old to do it he is okay selling the property off to someone who he thinks could do peewee and i don't know who he'd pin for that like i'm not sure who would replace him but well i totally forgot that uh, that i read somewhere when he was trying to get a second movie off the ground he had approached johnny depp with playing the role but both johnny depp and tim burton turned down any uh involvement man i don't think i'd like that at all no Probably be similar to Willy Wonka. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Johnny Depp? Get the hell out of my beloved properties. Yeah, yeah, I hated his Willy. I, I like, I've, I've loved him in a lot of other things, but his Willy Wonka was absolutely. Oh, awful. we need to do an episode on Willy Wonka. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Damn. So, uh, yeah, Pee Wee. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, folks, for coming on a big adventure with us tonight. It certainly was a big one. Um. If you'd like to let us know what you think of this show or any others, you can hit us up at our email address, which is email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, uh, Facebook, the Geeksploration, the podcast page. You can hit us up on Instagram at Geeksploration Podcast or Twitter at Geeksplorepod. Da-da-da-da. And if you enjoyed today's show, uh, we'd appreciate you going by Podchaser or Apple Podcast and giving us a five mechalekahai mechahiney ho review. We uh, we still got some swag available at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And uh, our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And remember, <laughs> there's no basement in the Alamo. 